you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. Come on now, if the Lord has been good to you, you ought to just take a little time and just give Him praise tonight. Come on, push past your feeling and declare, I won't stop praising Him. Come on, let's magnify the name of the Lord tonight. Hallelujah. He's a way maker. He's still our savior. He's still our healer. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We're glad you're here in the house of the Lord tonight. I want to step aside and bring the man of God to this pulpit to preach the word of the Lord to us. He needs no introduction, really, but I just want to say how honored we are to have Brother Scott Graham with us tonight and willing to come. Probably nobody in our movement uh, has a busier schedule than what Brother Graham carries, serving as our General Secretary for the United Pentecostal Church International. He preaches around the world and carries a heavy, heavy schedule, yet he found time to come and be with us. I consider him a great friend, wonderful man of God, and one of my favorite preachers of all time. Would you give it up and make him feel very welcome as Brother Scott Graham comes to preach his heart to us tonight. We love you. Well, you are very kind. It's just a delight to be with you. You would have had to have known my father to understand how terribly uncomfortable it is for me to walk in 10 minutes late. Uh, I grew up in a home where if dad said, we're leaving at 11 o'clock, the tires were rolling at 10 till, or heads were rolling at 5 till. That was just the way it worked. And uh, But I left my hotel, they've got me in a beautiful hotel in Lafayette, and I, I uh, got on I-65 and, and drove some total of about 500 yards, and it just stopped. It just stopped. And uh, I called the pastor, and I said, I'm, I'm doing the best I can, but uh, I don't know. And he said, well, have you passed the first exit yet? I said, I haven't passed the first roadkill yet. We just, I just got on the highway. And uh, he said, well, if you can get to that one and take that one, he said, it'll It'll bring you through the country. Well, I grew up in the country, so I, that was not a problem. And, and to any of you who are in law enforcement, I would like to just go ahead and publicly apologize for the various traffic laws I broke 
on the back roads of Indiana um, getting here tonight. If you, if you happen to go back home that way, you would see a dog on the side of the road that looks like it's suffering from post-traumatic stress disorder. Uh, it is probably I that was the cause of that situation. Give honor to Pastor Jordan tonight and his sweet wife, their family. I love these folks, and I'm so blessed to be here tonight. I could not, I could not stand here this evening and see you, Sister Jordan, up there with the kids and worshiping and singing about God can do anything. To, it, it was impossible that I would think about the last time I stood here. Um, well, I was here for your district event, but the last time I was with this church was the Sunday morning after their world had been rocked by what the doctors had told them and the future was uncertain and what the journey would look like was uncertain and yet here we are and I thank God for his goodness amen amen I want to direct your attention tonight to 2nd Kings chapter 7 and verse number 3 2nd Kings 7 and I will be reading in verses 3 and 4 tonight what is a not an uncommon passage for many of you who, if you've been around uh, church for some time, you've probably run across this biblical account of something that happened in the life of the nation of Israel. Uh, but let me read to you to set the stage here tonight from 2 Kings 7, 3, and 4. And there were four leprous men at the entering in of the gate. That's at the city of Samaria. And they said one to another, why Sit we here until we die. This next phrase is so fascinating to me. These are some very logical men. We say, if we say we will enter into the city, then the famine is in the city and we shall die there. And if we sit here, we die also. Now therefore come and let us fall under the host of the Syrians. This next line is beautiful. If they save us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, going to die. Now that's, that's some intelligent lepers right there. They have the options figured out. But they got up and changed their situation. They got tired of where they were and they changed their standing because of one thing. They were hungry. That's all. I'm going I'm to preach tonight on, on the compelling force called hunger. Amen. And you can be seated tonight. The Lord bless you so much for being here. I know that it is a work night, a school night, and I will be courteous to your time. I, I will do my very best. I, I don't intend to preach more than about 20 minutes. Of course, I've never intended to preach more than about 20 minutes. I don't think I've ever actually preached 20 minutes, but my intentions are pure, so you can feel good about that. I want to introduce you to a, a horrible villain tonight, uh, a, a horrible entity that is one of the most reviled creatures in our lives. No, this is not some Marvel comic book character brought to life by Hollywood, and I'm not talking even about the devil right now, but someone who probably deserves almost as much loathing as does he. This, this villain is the cause of manifold health challenges and more than a few failed New Year's resolutions. His name is Ghrelin. 
I realize that most of you have never heard of him, but you have all experienced his attacks. In fact, some of you are suffering his assault right now. You see, ghrelin is the hunger hormone. This foul substance is produced by certain cells in your gastrointestinal tract. And when it is released into your system, it causes your stomach to react and to contract, producing those embarrassing grumbles and rumbles which signify to those seated around you in church tonight that just as soon as this knucklehead finishes, I'm heading to Dairy Queen. It it causes that gnawing, twisting discomfort in your middle that promises to release you from its discomfort in exchange for a Twinkie. And here's the thing. It's beyond your control. Nobody does anything to get hungry. Nobody at, at 6 o'clock in the evening goes, oh, I almost forgot. I had somebody tell me a while back, they said, I forgot to eat today. I don't speak that language. I've, I have never, look at me and see. I have, I have never in my entire life got ready to go to bed at night and just say, I feel like Something I didn't do today. I don't know what that is. I start checking my to-do. Oh, yeah, didn't eat. That has never happened to me in my entire lifetime. It just, you don't have to consciously think about it. It's not a to-do on your list. You don't have to remind yourself. You don't have to tie a string around yourself, around your finger, to try to remind you, don't forget today at some point, make sure you get hungry. It just happens. For some of you, it had not happened this evening until about the last five minutes. But when you come to service directly from work, without dinner and some preacher's ignorant enough to get up and talk about it, all of a sudden you're pretty sure you could chew the leg off that chair you're sitting on right now. Now let's be honest tonight, in reality, our affluence in the United States makes most of us relatively unfamiliar with hunger in the truest sense. Statistics from the World World Hunger Institute indicate that just over 10% of the earth, some 7.6 billion people deal with acute and lasting hunger. And while there are certainly some in this country, and it could be there are some here, that, that, that suffer from its effects largely, let's be honest, it's something most of us know very little about. We use the phrase, oh man, I'm starving when dinner is a couple hours late. Truth is that most of us are a long way from starving. And yet in spite of that fact, ghrelin plagues us multiple times a day. Every few hours, whether we're actually hungry or not, our thoughts turn to food. You've done it like I've done it. Stand in the kitchen, open the fridge. What are you doing? Want something, don't know what. We can't go without, for any length, significant length of time, without our minds being consumed with the idea that I want something to eat. 
If you go a day without eating, I've never studied it out, but I'm of the opinion based on a cursory observation that the second day of a fast lasts about 167 hours. The first day is not so bad. But that second day, I am persuaded that the miracle of the sun standing still repeats itself for an extended period of time. I, I, I get you smiling a little bit just to kind of help you understand that in that natural realm, there is a compelling nature about hunger. It'll stop your day in its tracks. It'll distract you from what else you're doing. It'll grab your attention and say, hey, you have not eaten today. It will remind you that your nourishment has been cut off, that you're not getting what you need. It will grab your mind and it will grab your schedule. It will rearrange your priorities and things that you thought you were going to do next. You'll push out of the way when your body begins to scream at you that you're hungry. I preach to you tonight in this conference at the start of the year that I would that our hunger for God would drive us at least as relentlessly as does grilling. I wish there was a spiritual hormone that we could shoot into your spiritual man that would say, I don't care what else happens. I'm hungry after I would that our prayer lives were at least as regularly compelled as our snack lives. I would that when we fail to spend time with God, we would be at least as miserable as we are when we fail to eat. Because while the second day of a natural fast may be harder than the first day, the second day without prayer is easier than the first day. Because you can learn to turn off spiritual grilling until you just get satisfied with coming to church two or three times a week, clapping your hands with the praise team, taking a little nibble of church, and go home satisfied. I would to God something would shake us tonight as apostolics to say, I am not satisfied with life like that. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry after God. I would to God that there would be a spiritual grelin which would get a grip on our souls and scream at us, you have not nourished the spiritual man today. You have neglected to feed properly that eternal part of you this week. And so I'm going to gnaw at you and I'm going to pester you and I'm going to wake you up at 2 in the morning and I'm going to bug you when you're at work and I'm going to pester you when you sit in your living room because I'm not... I'm not going to let you be satisfied until your soul gets passionate about the things of God again. I'm not going to let you be content until you get so hungry that it drives you to make a difference in your life. Oh, that spiritual appetite would be born in us again. Without spiritual appetite, you may develop a prayer habit, but you'll never develop a prayer life. 
without spiritual hunger. You might be charged in a church service, but you'll never be changed. Without it, our spiritual man will endure a frightful irregularity of feast or famine regimen. We'll eat all we can in a revival and then starve ourselves until the next revival. And I tell you, that is not the will of God for your spiritual man. God wants hunger to drive you to his feet on Monday. And God wants hunger to drive you to his feet on Tuesday. And God wants hunger to drive you to his feet on Wednesday. And Without it, the motivation to serve God, which is birthed in a week like this, will soon give way to the busy rigors of life, and we will find our time with Him less and less common. Watch, watch. I'll just see, I'm one of us. I grew up in this. That's all I know. Thank God for that. I grew up, my earliest memories are falling asleep on my daddy's Bible. Waking up after church with red letter edition on my cheek for about 30 minutes. It's all I've known. And I love it. I'm sold out. I'm an apostolic to the core of my being. But I will tell you what our danger is. We feast on Sundays and get satisfied with that. Until some who do not even have this glorious experience that we have are more hungry after God. <laughs> I'll show you. Well, I'll show you. I'll show you. I'll show you. I, I, I pastored for 15 years. I'm a recovering pastor. And <laughs> I'm a morning guy. I get up early. I was driving my church. The church was so gracious to call me pastor. I was driving there on a Tuesday morning at like, it's a little before six. And I'm heading down the road and, and I pass. A church, not one of ours, not an apostolic church. I will, I will refrain from telling you the particular stripe of Christianity it was, but it was not a Holy Ghost-filled church. It wasn't a Spirit-filled church. In fact, they would have, they would have mocked what we do, and if you'd have acted like you act, they'd have thrown you out. Okay? So you take it from there. All I know is it's 5 to 6, and I'm driving by. Cars pulling in the parking lot. I mean, cars. Mucho cars. I just pulled in. Pulled in the parking lot. Guy in front of me, pickup truck, pulled in. I drove my truck, pulled right in behind him. Pulled up. I said, hey, Bo, just question. I said, what's, uh, what's going on? He said, oh, men's prayer. He caught me on the wrong day. Because the night before was Monday night. And at 7 o'clock, a convenient, you don't have to get up early hour. We had had men's prayer the night before. And I didn't have as many Holy Ghost filled men at men's prayer at 7 o'clock as this dead dry church had at 6 in the morning. You want to know why? Because we were still burping over what we ate on Sunday and really didn't figure we needed to pray on Monday. But these folks that did not have the luxury of shouting with the choir and enjoying what we have were so hungry after God that they get up early go to church to seek the Lord. I'm trying to talk to somebody. Hey, Pentecostals, we got to get hungry. We've got to get hungry. We've got to get hungry. Oh, God, oh God infuse our systems with some spiritual ghrelin. 
makes us uncomfortable if we skip a day. Let us be driven by hunger. The land of Israel was under siege from Syria, the city of Samaria. Their capital city was surrounded by these pagan people who had the inhabitants contained for a lengthy season. Trade was cut off. No one could come or go. Supplies no longer rolled through the front gates. The uh, situation was dire. The fields surrounding the city were not accessible either for agriculture or for the tending or harvesting of their flocks. So shut up as they were, and I don't mean for a day or months on end, conditions in that city grew more and more dire. And as the rations ran low, desperation set in. Things, hear me well right now, the Lord moved on me this afternoon about this. Things previously unacceptable for consumption were now fought over. So hungry were the people. Did those slides come through? You got those? Throw me that first one up. So hungry were those people that a man would part with 80 pieces of silver just for the privilege of picking the flesh and the hide off the head of a dead donkey. And if you did not have 80 pieces of silver to be able to dine at this buffet, then in the bargain aisle of the grocery store was this item. Five pieces of silver would allow you the privilege to dine on about one cup of dove's dung. Hear me now. You see, here is the lesson to be learned. Unsatisfied hunger leads us regularly to terrible choices. If my spirit does not passionately pursue holy things of another world, then my flesh is given to the invitation to satisfy itself with putrid things in this world. You want me to say it in English? I've never seen a carnal, spiritually hungry person. I've never seen one person that's passionate after God that really wrestled with chasing after putrid things in this world. You show me somebody that has spiritual ghrelin coursing through their veins and they're just so hungry and so desperate after God and I'll show you somebody that does not... I'll show you somebody that does not struggle dressing like pastor wants you to dress or refraining your entertainment choices until they are righteous or guiding yourself through life in paths of holiness. You show me somebody that does not seek after the things of God and before long spiritually they're eating donkey's heads and dove's dung. can't help it if you like it or you don't like it. It's true nonetheless. If you want your kids to stay clear of the garbage of this world, have a home that's hungry after God. If you want your family to stay pure from donkey's heads and dove's dung, you got to get hungry.
unsatisfied spiritual hunger points us toward carnal pursuits. And as terrible as it sounds, the horror in Samaria did not end there. Well, I have no picture for the next fact, but pacts were formed in which parents would kill and eat one child on one day and the other's child on the next day. Because people with unsatisfied spiritual hunger often turn on and consume their own. But outside the gates, there were these four men, equally hungry, but not morally adrift. They were lepers. They had nothing going for them. No one wanted them around. Popular was not even remotely a word on their radar. As they sat outside that city, their hunger began to speak to them. I'm miserable. I could seriously do some damage to a double whopper about right now. The second one sat over there and said, yeah, am, I, am I dreaming? I, I can almost smell chocolate chip cookies coming out of the oven right now. That was ghrelin that just hit you right then. That's what that was. The third one just kind of whimpered to himself over there. Fresh baked bread. Fresh baked bread. Fresh baked bread. Which one are you talking about? Maybe the fourth guy said, I'm not content with this anymore. I'm tired of feeling this way. I'm tired of sitting here watching somebody else eat. I know there's nothing back there to go back to. I'm not called to donkey's heads, and I don't want dove's dung. But I'm going to get up and take a step and walk out into the face of the unknown and just see what might happen. I'm about to preach right now. Because when spiritual hunger gets a hold of you, you don't care what anybody thinks. You don't care what it costs you. You don't care what anybody says. You don't care if it's the right time. You don't care if anybody else is moving. You don't care if you're the only one in the altar. You don't care if nobody else worships. You just get something down inside of you that says, I'm so hungry. I don't want to stay here. I'm tired of living like this. I'm tired of being a half-committed apostolic. I'm tired of just going to church. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm sorry, but I, I don't need this right now. looking for somebody to have something well up inside of them that cannot be pacified by a little clap of approval, but something that begins to boil and says, I gotta have it. I gotta have it. I gotta touch Jesus. I've gotta get something tonight. I haven't talked in tongues in months. I haven't felt God move on me in a long time. I'm hungry. I'm not sitting here any longer. I'm not sitting here any longer. I've got to touch him. Dude gets up, starts putting on his jacket, tying on his tennis shoes. Where are you going? I'm going. 
I'm going out there. Are you crazy? There's an enemy that won't like that. There's an enemy out there. Are you crazy? They'll kill you. If I sit here, I'm going to die. If I go back to the corruption of donkeys and doves, I will die. So there's only one option to me that presents any chance of life. And that's if I shake off my lethargy and I shake off my unconcern and I get up in the face of public opinion and say, I don't care if you come with me or I don't care if you stay here, but I'm going. And no matter what the enemy does, I don't care what it costs me. If he kills me, I'll die. But I'm not going to sit here and just starve to death on a church pew in a great church I'm going to get hungry after I wish you'd just holler out to him right now I wish somebody's hunger would begin to give voice right now See, here's the thing, y'all. It is their motivation that interests me. They didn't go because they were brave. They went because they were hungry. They didn't march out there because they were the greatest battle warriors. They went because they were hungry. They, di they didn't go because they were curious. They went because they were hungry. Only one thing them out of their self-pity. Only one thing got them to get up out of their hurts. Only one thing got them to leave their past behind and say, I don't care about my reputation. Everybody that sees me screams at me and tells me to stay away. But my past is not going to dictate it any longer because I am hungry. Hunger drove I don't care what family you came from, you got to get hungry. I don't care if your daddy was a town drunk or your daddy is a preacher, you got to get hungry. I don't care if the rest of your family is satisfied with donkey heads, you've got to get hungry. And you got to let that hunger drive you up from where you're seated and press out into the face of the enemy. I know, I know, I know. I get it. I know that it's easier in some regards to just stay seated in the same spiritual place you've been. It's safer. You're within an arm's length of familiar surroundings. It may not be perfect, but it's comfortable. I've gotten used to it. And besides, I don't know what might happen if I started moving out toward an unseen enemy, but at some point, hunger has to overcome fear, and hunger has to overcome reluctance, and hunger has to overcome hesitancy, and hunger has to be more of a force in our lives than the familiar. Hunger can drive you. The National Institutes of Health conducted a study a while back that indicated that hunger is so powerful that it can suppress other compulsory drives in our life. Thirst, fear of predators, anxiety, and even social acceptance. If you get hungry enough, just don't care. You get hungry enough, and there's a corn dog across the way, and they turn a tiger loose in there, 
tiger dude, I know that's corn dogs. Why would you risk your life for a corn dog? Nobody else is going, I know. Maybe they're not hungry. Why would you run to the altar on a Wednesday night? Nobody else is. Hungry. Why, why would you risk irritating the devil? Hungry. Why don't you just sit here till Sunday? Because Jesus might come Saturday and I'm hungry. And here's what I know. I refuse to just stay here and be hungry. I won't settle for pushing my hunger off and settling for corruption. I will let hunger drive me to that place where I meet God on this wonderful night, this first night of a time of renewing. I would that God would unsettle you to the point that you say, I just don't care what anybody else does or doesn't do. I don't care what it may cost me. I don't care where this may lead me. I'm not going to sit here. I'm tired of going to church and still being hungry. I'm tired of being apostolic and still being hungry. I'm tired of getting used to living like this. No, God, I'm going to get up and go. I'm going to get up and move. Are, but the word of God is on my side in this discussion because the wisest man that ever lived in Lamentations chapter 4 and verse 9 said this they that be slain with the sword are better than they that be slain with hunger well they did either way yeah but at least you went out fighting It'd be better to draw your sword and say, devil, take your best shot, but I'm going to get close to God than to just sit here and waste away and pine away. Action with struggle is better than inaction with hunger. I'm I'm, going to get done real quick here, but can I just tell you, hungry people don't complain much. When they start getting fed. If you're not hungry, you sit down at the table and they serve you Brussels sprouts. If you don't like Brussels sprouts, you might turn your nose up and go, this really wasn't what I wanted. All that says to me is, you ain't hungry. You're hungry. Is that any more than Brussels sprouts? You don't even have to like it. You're going to think I'm weird right now more than you already do. I've never done the, I'm a dungeon I've never done that 23andMe Ancestry.com thing. I've never done any of that stuff. Search my ancestry. But I can tell you one thing that I know. If I ever swab that thing and send it in, it is not going to come back even 1% Polynesian. And here's why I know. Because in my world, two of the nastiest tastes that exist are pineapple and coconut. I know. Make me 
a peach pie, but keep that nasty coconut cream thing to yourself. I wouldn't. Oh, my God. You'd have to put a gun to the head of one of my children to get me to eat coconut. It's just. No, y'all think I, I don't drink coffee either, okay? Pray for me. I just, I mean, it's just nasty. But if I was hungry enough, the writer in Proverbs said this, the full soul loatheth the honeycomb, but to the hungry even a bitter thing is sweet. I didn't really like that song they sang tonight. Pastor preached a little long. It's a little warm in there tonight. Guy down from him hadn't bathed since the Eisenhower administration. You know what you're telling me? You ain't hungry. Because if you're hungry, I don't care if it's an 80-year-old elder or a 12-year-old kid preaching his first sermonette. If you're hungry, I don't care if they sing black gospel or an old hymn out of the book. If you're hungry, I don't care who's near you or who's not near you. If you're hungry, you don't complain. You just sit down and say, thank you, Jesus. I love going to church. Thank you, Jesus. I'm hungry. When those four lepers, and you probably know the story, they went marching toward the Syrian camp and God magnified their sound of their footsteps until it sounded like a whole army coming and the Syrians fled and left everything behind. You think for one second those lepers walked into the first tent and found chicken and said, I really wanted steak, I'm going back. It didn't matter what was being served in that tent because they were hot. I would to God we spoiled apostolics would get over our buffet mentality of trying to pick out what we like and what we don't like and just get hungry and say, God, I'm so glad to be here. I'm so glad I can feel your presence. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I need to quit preaching. You just need to get hungry. I need to quit preaching. You just need to do something. There's a leper that needs to get up and shake off where you've been and say, I'm going after it. I'm going after it. This week of awakening, I'm going after it. I'm hungry. I'm done. It's your service. I'm looking for the hungry. I'm looking for the hungry. I'm looking for the hungry. There's no music playing. There's nobody holding my hand. Nobody's got to rub my back. I'm just hungry. to what God can do with a hungry church. There are no boundaries to the revival that God can give a hungry church. But there's nothing God can do with a bunch of spiritually satisfied, apathetic lepers that sit by the city and say, I'll stay right here. But if this... I feel the prophetic in this house if you're hungry if you're hungry there are no boundaries to what
There are. let your voice up out of your mouth right now you need to shake off that timidity throw your head back toward the heavens and holler out to God you need to get over worrying if somebody next to you hears you you need to get over worrying about what the other three lepers think they can stay where they are if they want but I'm hungry Those lepers went together. Hear me well right now. I'm pretty sure God would have magnified the footsteps of one of them just as easily as four. He didn't have to have all four to work the miracle. But there is something about going out there that's a little easier if we do it together. Each of them had to make their own choice, but they joined up together. I think it would be pretty good this first night if we just join up together a little bit. I wish you'd just connect with somebody. And, I, and it can be husband and wife if you want. That's fine. But maybe you get with another couple. Three or four of you just link up together. Now listen, 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 listen. I don't want you just because they were there. I want you to kind of agree with one another. I'm going after him. I'm going after him, man. We're going to be the most spiritual youth group in the state of Indiana. I'm going after him. And, and, and you go with me, we'll go together. It's got to be that kind of agreement. Now, see, I'm, I'm being real practical here. There's got to come a point where you guys start saying, I'll tell you what, instead of playing basketball Tuesday night, let's go in the auditorium and pray. And, and you got to get to the point where none of you are embarrassed to suggest that to the others. 
Them four lepers sitting there, I don't know which one of them said, let's go, but he had to be courageous enough to go, hey, man, there's food out yonder. I don't need you to just join up with somebody just because they're here. I need you to say, man, I want you to hold me accountable. I need you to call me tomorrow and ask if I prayed tomorrow because uh, I'm hungry, and I need you to be hungry with me. Listen, 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 because we better just understand it. Hunger, I got it all through the Bible. Hunger drives people. Esau, why did you sell your birthright? I was hungry. For good or for bad, it drives people. The prodigal didn't didn't come home because he got lonely. The prodigal didn't come home because he was broke. The prodigal came home because he was hungry. We probably ought to start praying for our prodigals and say, God, make them hungry. Because if that prodigal gets hungry, ain't nothing going to keep him away from God. I don't care how far it is back to daddy's house. I'm hungry. And he said, there's bread and nothing to spare there. I know if I get back there, this spiritual hunger will be satisfied. So I want you to link up with one another. And listen, listen. I don't want you to pray a prayer that sounds like the one that dude in that pickup went in his church and prayed. Hungry people tend to be a little noisy. I want us to pray. God, baptize this church family with profound, unrelenting spiritual ghrelin. Keep us up. Drive us to the altar. If we, if I sit back there and don't worship, make me uncomfortable. But God, I want spiritual hunger to eat me up. Lift your voice now like a bunch of Holy Ghost-filled apostolics and pray that God baptize us with anger. That's it, that's it, that's it. Press, press, press. Don't stop when you get the first taste. Don't stop when you get the first nibble. Press on. Press on. That's it, that's it, that's it. Press, 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 God. I'm not satisfied when I feel you. I don't just want one little goosebump of a Holy Ghost taste. I'm hungry. I'm not satisfied with 30 seconds in the altar. I'm hungry.
Come on, apostolics, pray one for another. Bear one another's burdens. Pray one for another. Turn around and lay hands on somebody and pray in the Holy Ghost. Move around a little bit and pray for one another. Get down on your face in the concrete and say, God, I'm too... I'm not too proud to get down and prostrate myself before you. I'm Dad, go lay hands on your children. Dad, come up and lay hands on your children. Say, God, baptize my son with Holy Ghost hunger. God baptized me with it first so I can show him how to respond to it. God baptized my daughter with Holy Ghost hunger. If she gets hungry after God, you won't have modesty issues. You won't have to worry about purity. If she's hungry after God... God, I preach the gospel, but make me hungry. God, I teach Sunday school, but make me hungry. God, I lead worship, but make me hungry. I'm a musician, but make me hungry. I'm a church board member. I've been Holy Ghost filled for 50 years, but make me hungry. I'm busy with my career, but make me hungry. I don't seem like I have any time, but God, if I get hungry, Go ahead, don't be bashful. You can walk clean across the church and go find a brother that sits on the other side every Sunday and just say, I want you to know I'm praying for you and your family. I'm praying God baptize you with a hunger. It'd be all right, sister, for you to step clear across the church and find somebody you don't usually get to pray with and just say, I want you to know I'm praying. God baptize us with hunger. Don't be bashful. Please don't be bashful. This is just us tonight. This is just us. It really would be okay for one of you to go find your pastor's wife and say, lay hands on me. And as a lady here, I want you to pray, God, give me hunger. It's okay, one of you men, to go find your pastor. Say, Pastor, I want you to lay hands on me and pray that I'll avoid distractions and pray that hunger would get so profound in my life that I could shake off everything else and seek God. Be all right. Pastor, forgive me. I ain't been at prayer meeting lately, but you'll see me at the next one because I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. I'm hungry. 
I tell you what, also it'd be good if your church is like most, you've got some young people that don't have parents here. They don't have parents living for God. They ain't got a daddy that's going to come up here and pray for them because he's not living for God. Man, it'd be good if one of you men had just come up and say, I'm not your dad and I'm not trying to take his place, but I want to pray for you, son, because I believe in you and I believe God's got a purpose for you. Some of these young ladies that maybe don't have a mama here in the church, man, it'd be great if one of you ladies had come up to them and go, I love you, sweetheart. I'm not your mama, but let me pray for you here tonight. Hunger. 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 God, let it drive us. Let it drive our worship. We shouldn't have to have musicians drive our worship. Our hunger ought to drive our worship. We shouldn't have to have a guy in the pulpit trying to drive our worship. Hunger ought to drive our worship. God, I've been dibbling around on donkey's heads and I've been scraping up dove's dung and I'm tired of living like that. That's not what you called me to. I'm reawakening that spiritual hunger that pulls me away from the corruption of this world. Pulls me back toward holiness and purity and righteousness and modesty and godly values and godly lifestyle. God, if I'm honest, I've let a few donkey heads come into the entertainment world in our house and God, we're, we're cleaning that stuff up. That's not what you called us for.
Jesus. I love you, Jesus. this microphone to the pastor in just a moment, but I, I'm going to show my age, and none of these young people that have been praying so beautifully tonight, I doubt if any of them are going to know this song. Some of you are of my generation, or more, and uh, you will. So humor us old folks for a minute. But I remember my boyhood years in moments like this. Some dear old elder, and I I guess that's me now. Would grab a microphone, he'd start singing. More of you. More of you. I've had all but what I need. It's just more of you. Of things I've had my fill, and yet I hunger still, empty and bare, Lord, hear my prayer for more of you, more. Thank him for what he's done in your life tonight as your pastor comes up here. I, uh, I need more. I need more and more and more of you. I've had all but what I need. Oh, it's just more of you. I've had all kinds of stuff. Of things I've had. I try to satisfy it with everything else. Yet I hunger still. I'm empty and bare. Lord, hear my prayer for more of you. Why don't you just express your love to him for? Come on, let some of that hunger out toward the Lord right now. Give him honor and praise.
Come on, reach to him. Reach to him, reach to him, reach to him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. More of you. I've had all. Come on, singers, help me. But what I need is just more. Of things I've had my feet, and yet I'm understand empty and This is a prayer song. Sing it as a prayer to him now. Oh, more of you. Come on, let it go to him as prayer. More. 